Hey, my name is Irene, head of strategy at Layer Zero Labs, the creator of the leading omnichain interoperability protocol. I'm on the edge of NFT, enabling the creation of omnichain NFTs and seamless consumer and gaming experiences. Enjoy. Hey, NFT curious listeners, stay tuned for today's episode to learn more about the backstory on how Layer Zero coined the term trustless omnichain interoperability protocol and how grabbing a cup of coffee with a colleague led to a partnership that is changing the cross-chain NFT game with Magic Eden. And finally, how Cristiano Ronaldo is creating exclusive NFTs for fan experiences. And yes, it's official. You can now dive into the captivating world of artificial intelligence with the Edge of AI podcast. Join us as we explore the frontiers of AI and its impact on our lives. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Twitter at Edge of underscore AI and LinkedIn for exciting updates and insights. You can also visit our new website at edgeofai.xyz. Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast created by Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Irene Wu, who is the head of strategy at Layer Zero Labs, the leading interoperability protocol. Before joining the company, she worked as an investor at Insight Partners, where she focused on blockchain infrastructure and developer tools. A developer by trade, she held design and engineering positions at IDEO, a leading global design company in JP Morgan. Irene studied computer science at Harvard and co-founded Harvard Blockchain before leaving to join the founding team at Rowing Blazers, a VC-backed menswear startup that still operates today. Layer Zero is a user app on-chain tool using an Oracle and Relayer. When UA sends a message from chain A to B, Oracle forwards data to chains B and the Relayer confirms the delivery. Think of it as a high-tech mail system between blockchain islands. We're going to dive deeper into this today with Irene. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, you have such an amazing background. Always love to hear more about that. But we kind of just dove a little bit into Layer Zero itself, but kind of want to hear it from you. Like, tell us a little bit more about the essence of Layer Zero. Absolutely. Layer Zero is the leading omnichain interoperability protocol, as you said. Essentially, what it enables is communication between smart contracts on different chains. You can now think about the world we're in where there isn't just one chain. It's not just Ethereum. There are tens of L2s, there are hundreds of app chains, alt L1s, some non-EVM, some EVM. Every single one of these chains are like different planets. They're not like different cities with inherent infrastructure to communicate or move assets or, or move information between each other. There is no way to confirm state across all of these in a way that's decentralized and secure and cost efficient until layer zero was invented. An analogy I like to use is that Layer zero is TCPIP for blockchains. And TCPIP was the collection of underlying protocols that scaled the internet and enabled packets of information to be sent from server to server. And so under the hood enables for communication system between different chains and then for end users, for NFT collectors, for gamers, it's chain abstracted. You're now just engaging with something fun. You're just using a fintech application. You're just buying a collectible, not getting into the complication of multiple gas tokens, multiple chains. And that's where we're headed. 
I like that. And well, the analogy I like to pull up a lot is that there's so many really cool islands out there in the world of Web3 and not enough bridges, not enough infrastructure in place to try to bridge all of these amazing ecosystems together. And I know Layer Zero is really trying to go and attack and help to be that. And one of the ways that you're doing that is trying to be the premier trustless omnichain interrupt protocol. Now, the trustless omnichain conversation comes up a lot, but what does that mean for Layer Zero and, and how are y'all truly going about approaching that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the origin story might give you some color on this. We have our three co-founders, Brian, Raz, and Caleb, three engineers who met in college, actually small town, New Hampshire, and they were doing research at an interoperability research center. And years later, they reconnect wanting to build something. They had hacked on projects together over, I guess you can say 15 years, but now they were all interested in crypto One of them had been a longtime professional poker player, the other two doing AI research with Facebook and professional baseball teams. They now wanted to build a game. And I can tell you right now, they are gamers. Every single day at 6 p.m. in our office, all our engineers take a 20-minute break and all hop onto the same game and play together. They wanted to build a game that enabled movement of assets and also just actions on one chain that trigger something else on another chain between Ethereum and BNB chain. At the time, it was called Binance Smart Chain. It was really novel and quite radical that there was a new chain that had emerged that actually had volume and activity that wasn't Ethereum. But when they surveyed what existed out there, which are called to solve this problem, but at the time were only called bridges, and diligence them as engineers, they realized they would never use any of those. From a technical standpoint, they were incredibly insecure from a user experience, once you've integrated it, it was very tiresome and involved many clicks and the burden was often put on the end user to retrieve the assets they wanted on each of the chains. And hacks were abound. I mean, even last year, there were five notable, probably more, multiple hundred million bridge hacks. And so they set out to build a bridge for this game. But as they were doing that, they realized what's a lot more interesting is actually the messaging layer below it, what enables that movement of assets. And Bridging is just one use case for transferring information from one chain to another or value from one chain to another. You can do many other things with this generalized messaging layer. And so that's when they set out to build something quite radical. And it was actually layer zero that started to use the phrase omnichain to describe this paradigm shift towards interoperability between chains via messaging, not just uh, token bridges. And there are three primary design principles that have informed the way that we build everything. And this is what enables us to say with so much confidence that we really have built the most modular and secure, trust-minimized interop protocol. And those three principles are immutability. So all of the smart contracts that comprise the layers of your protocol are entirely non-upgradable. And I can totally nerd out on the security side of that if you guys are interested and why that's really important. But it certainly guarantees that the protocol is a true protocol and not a service. A service is something that requires the liveness and and dependency on a third-party company. It's like using an Amex card in a way. You're dependent on American Express to live up to its promises, to not change their fees, all of those things. The second one is permissionlessness. There are multiple ways in which Layer Zero is permissionless. One, any application developer can build with layer zero. They don't need to get in touch with us. They don't need to sign a contract with us. It's open source. You can start building. Also in the off-chain validation layer, you can run your own components. So you'd said at the beginning, there is this architecture of oracles and relayers. Well, technically you can run any oracles, any relayers. You can select any that you'd like, and therefore 
create your own consortium of off-chain entities that are entirely independent and that create this shard of risk specific to your application. It means that your security is not dependent on trusting Layer Zero Labs, but trusting your team, actually, trusting multiple clients, the diversity of teams like Chainlink, Google Cloud, Polyhedra, which is the creator company of the ZK Light client. Many other incredible off-chain entities are being built and offered by the best teams in the world. And then also permissionless in the, the sense that because our contracts are immutable, we can never change and introduce some sort of censorship here. And so that third tenet is censorship resistance. Layer zero is the only protocol that is all three of these. By censorship resistance, we mean that all of the messages can only be sent in the order in which they're submitted. So we can't reorder the messages. We can't withhold any of them. And that's incredibly important in this regulatory environment in which maybe some nation state, some government will say, if you're using blockchains to handle voting for something, we want the ability to block particular messages. And these messages, to be clear, are our votes, it's information, it's tokens. It's incredibly important that the integrity of that information is preserved. And that extends to gaming and NFTs as well, which I'm excited to talk about. Definitely. Thank you for that very thorough background. And it's good to know that origin story. And because that term has been utilized and thrown out all over the place. And it's cool to know that Layer Zero are kind of tokening and being a leader in trying to truly be that omni-channel, trustless omni-channel partner, especially through the three ways that y'all are going about putting in the values and systems in place that the integrity around Layer Zero can stay there. Because to your point, there's been a lot of other bridges and protocols that as things got tougher, things went sideways, kind of put their users in a bad spot and aren't necessarily doing things to rectify or, or trying to walk back how they got there in the first place. And y'all are being very thoughtful in your approach of making sure that as you're putting this out for the world to use, they can rest easy at night knowing that you're building this so that they don't have to worry about a lot of the challenges that we saw in the last bull cycle, right? And so that part's been cool. And because of it, you've been able to make a lot of really cool partnerships. And you kind of brought up NFTs and a few of these other things. And one of them was the cross-chain NFT platform, Magic Eden. Y'all teamed up. Really curious if you could shed some more light on what all that exciting partnership extends to. Yeah, absolutely. Magic Eden is a team that I've admired for more than two years, actually. When I first joined Layer Zero, they were very much on my radar. I've been interested in generative art and all sorts of different forms of media since I was really young. And I think Magic Eden was the NFT marketplace to actually really experiment early on and with aesthetic and also user experiences. They were the Solana NFT marketplace for a long time. And Solana has a very distinct NFT community culture. What happened was around, I guess, eight months ago, I started to have some really interesting user discovery and product research calls with the Polygon team. What they were telling me was that as some of these really prominent NFT communities were bridging or trying to migrate their communities over to Polygon from other chains, their end users were running into difficulties. And some of these difficulties involved just actually submitting transactions and needing multiple gas tokens. It's not a very sexy problem, but it's a real one because when you're transacting on chain, you always have to pay gas unless the gas is subsidied. But still, to be an informed user of anything that touches a blockchain, you will need to have gas tokens in your wallet and you'll need to sign transactions. 
And so some of these users coming from, say, Solana had no idea what Matic was. Where do I even get Matic? I only know what Sol is. And I'm only familiar with this one wallet. But what I really want is to be able to move my NFT from Solana to Polygon so I can rejoin my community and use this NFT in different metaverses, in games, in rewards programs, whatever that is. That resonated with me because I think every single day about how to abstract away the complexity of different chains and also how to create world-class user experiences. In our industry, because it's a very new industry, we're maybe 10 years behind where Web2 software development is. It's very traditional to actually do user research interviews at Web2 software companies. But I think crypto, it's kind of just seeing on Twitter who's complaining the most and maybe listening to that. So I dove into doing a bunch of interviews with people who did complain a bunch on Twitter about some of these NFT swaps across chains or bridging experiences, also some experiences minting their NFTs as Omnichain, which I'll get into that a bit later. And then happened to get coffee with Matt Senex, who leads BizOps Magic Eden and previously was the GM of Magic Eden Launchpad and also a few of his colleagues. And over that coffee, it was like one hour of us jamming on ideas. As soon as I brought this up, they were like, yes, oh my gosh, we hear this all the time. And oh, yeah. we're trying to lead the cross-chain NFT marketplace. How can we encourage users to even consider buying an NFT that's on a different chain than they're used to if they run into this roadblock and then churn? They just close the tab. They just go get coffee. They do whatever else. So that was the beginning of this product development partnership. And we ended up creating two different scopes of this engagement. The first one is we built Gas Station together. And Gas Station is the name of this product that was launched last week. It is directly in the checkout flow of Magic Eden. And it enables precise conversion of the gas tokens that you have in your wallet for the gas tokens you need for whichever NFT you're purchasing, regardless of what chain. So previously, you may have to open a different tab, go to a centralized exchange, go to some decks, get the gas tokens you need. Maybe it's ETH, maybe it's Matic, maybe it's Sol. But now direct in the checkout flow, it's swapped for you and it's transparent, it's decentralized, it's powered by a protocol, not a service. So you're not hoping that the service company just has the funds somewhere and isn't going to totally rug you. It's very ethos aligned. And then the other scope of work that we're really excited to dive into with them was enabling omnichain NFTs to be minted via their launchpad. And so I can talk about that in a moment too, like what trends or insights led to that collaboration, but we're so thrilled to get Gas Station out. And Magic Eden really is a team that is shipping in the bear market. That's awesome. A few points I want to just circle on. One, the power of making sure you're continuing to meet people in person having that. I've found that you're able to flow with people a little bit better in person when you're kind of talking through some different ideas and scenarios. But the synergy around that user experience, I'll tell you what, the first time I had to deal with bridging, it was expensive. It took a lot of time and I had to really want to do it because the friction is so high. And then the other side of it too, and you brought it up and I'm glad you did, was the concept of if you're dealing with this potential bridge that you haven't dealt before, they could rug you. Like you're going in, you're giving them this money, you're hoping you get the other money on the other side. But once you send that money, you're just hoping for the best and setting up systems where you're already on a platform that you trust. And now you're trying to make this seamless transaction without having to necessarily own all the different tokens or gas. And you can only have to deal with one and, and everything else is kind of happening in the background. It's making that user experience that people have been craving for the last several years. So I'm glad to hear that Layer Zero and Magic Eden are working together to make that happen and have it. And people can actually go use this right now. But the other side of it too, the NFT side, oh my gosh, trying to go cross-chain on NFTs has been a headache. And y'all are actively 
going and making that easier too. So definitely curious to, to, to learn more about that, even for myself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually really curious. Have you partaken in any of these NFT migrations from one chain to another? Yes. And it's horrible. I'd say it's probably a tougher experience than bridging. The NFT migration has truly been like a challenge that I even still have to deal with. So I'm very excited to hear about this. For sure. Well, right now I am like most excited about on the NFT innovation front is what you can do with omnichain NFTs that are natively omnichain. So we, at the inception of Layer Zero, created a standard called the OFT, which is the Omnichain Fungible Token. And that was so the Stargate token. And Stargate is a protocol that our team built. It's the most widely used native asset bridge. It's built on top of Layer Zero. The Stargate token was the very first OFT. And what this means is that Stargate's token is native on multiple chains and can seamlessly transfer between them without having to bridge. It doesn't have to go through a token bridge where it gets locked in and you mint a synthetic asset. And when I say synthetic asset, what I mean is it doesn't get locked in and get this version of wrapped Stargate. Because if you have a wrapped version of something, it's like a coupon or it's like an IOU saying, when you want your real thing, you have to go back across the bridge and then you claim it. But so long as you're in this ecosystem, you are using a representation of what you own that we are holding onto for you. And then bridge hacks happen. There's a bug in the smart contract and you lose all the real value and those synthetic assets are worthless. Now imagine that you wanted to move your NFT from Polygon to Arbitrum and it got locked into this NFT bridge. And then that smart contract experienced an exploit. You legitimately lost the real thing. All of the whole thing with NFTs is that you own the real deal. It's yours everywhere. Just like how when you own a Rothko painting, it is yours, even if it's in Miami or in London. But previously... The pair are the options that you had to move these around were ones that did not uphold the real vision of NFTs. So we then created a standard that was a twin of that for non-fungible tokens called the ONFT standard. And candidly, didn't do very much with it. It was sitting in our GitHub repos. And then a group of sleuthing devs found it and created the very first Omnichain NFT project called Ghostly Ghosts. And this was almost two years ago. And it was a very grassroots project kind of like sketched ghost artwork and depending on which chain you minted it on. So they used our primitive in a really creative way. On several chains, if you minted it on, say, Polygon, the outline of your ghost would be purple. But then if you moved that NFT to Avalanche, the background of the NFT was red. So the artwork would mutate depending on the origin of the NFT and where the NFT currently was. And that's actually quite simple to do from an engineering perspective, but it was so radical to see. And they were number one at OpenSea for about two weeks. And that was the beginning of many other projects. Kenpai Pandas then emerged. They used the ONFT standard to create like a really wonderful season-like experience. So each season they they launch another, I think it's 10,000 pandas on a different chain. And you can then mint it on that chain. But once it's minted there, they can move between all of these without bridging. That's the way it should be. There was that other world land sale that happened in, I think, 2021, or maybe it was early 2022, and $100,000 of gas was wasted. There was so much congestion. It was a disaster on Twitter, even though like the artwork was super cool, really innovative by Yuga Labs. But what if they had enabled users to mint on a fast and cheap chain, like an L2, and then at their own time, maybe a day later, they could migrate it back over to Ethereum, where there's liquidity, where there's utility. This is the kind of accessibility and real agency that owners of non-fungible tokens should have. So now you can do whatever you'd like with your NFTs, wherever you'd like. 
And that ONFT standard is what Magic Eden has adopted for their launch pad. Any creator, any gaming company that now wants to create these can go into our docs and build or reach out to us or work with the incredible go-to-market team that is Magic Eden as the de facto omni-chain standard. That is so cool. That is solving so many immediate challenges. So in the bull cycle that was 21 to 22, like the amount of money I spent on gas because it was the only option absurd. I know a lot of people also felt that pain. And there's a lot of people in ecosystems that want to participate that just couldn't because they couldn't justify spending more on gas than the NFT itself. And by putting in these different like protocols where you can now use ONFT to have it not just move cross chain, but also be more cost effective and also have a team that can support your whole launch with being able to work with the Magic Eden team. And like, that's a very synergistic partnership. So I think that's a really great way to see different teams working together and collaborating to make end experiences that much greater. And a trend that I think we're going to continue to see just in the space that the more that you can work in a synergistic way with other companies building cool stuff, the more awesome things. But like that also goes to the whole point of Layer Zero, right? You want to be able to be interoperable with any chain and with any product that wants to, to work with you. So on that, obviously that's something really cool that someone can go and use right now, but I'm sure there's other things on the roadmap that you probably have coming. Can you kind of speak to a couple of those? And I also want to circle back to, you brought up gaming, that your team does some gaming stuff. I believe y'all are doing some gaming things. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Thank you for this question. Um, layer zero as a protocol is so generalizable. Any team that is building anything on chain will need a layer zero to abstract away that complexity and also leverage different chains, just like leveraging different programming languages. And maybe this is me nerding out a little bit as an engineer, but where we were three years ago, five years ago, was you pick a chain and you're building a project based on that chain. It's a polygon-based game. It's a Solana-based NFT project. But that immediately alienates a population of probably multiple billions of people who don't have the time, energy, or shouldn't feel uh, compelled to know the esoteric nature of each of these chains. For us, the early movers, the ones who are really energized by the technology, just like the researchers in the early 90s building the internet, that makes sense. But we want to build things that people love, that make their life better, that bring joy to them, and it should be simple. And so the kinds of, of teams that are using our DeFi protocols, games, massive gaming studios, and also indie games, NFT collections, artists, TradFi, enterprise, like banks, governments, Layer Zero was built to be modular so it can fit any kind of use case and be customizable in that way. What's exciting to me on the gaming front is, if, particularly if you go to Asia, gaming is the way that people are introduced to anything on-chain. The culture in South Korea, for example, in Japan around gaming is like our culture in the United States around watching the NBA and the NFL. Like it's very, very ingrained in what brings people together and what brings people joy. And so I'm thrilled to see some massive gaming corporations, the ones that created the games that you and I probably played growing up, the ones that created Pokemon and created Zelda, Club Penguin, these sorts of things, now experimenting with things on-chain. And the Omnichain NFT is the standard that's being used across all of them, as well as layers your messaging to do things like user accomplishes a task on this chain and that triggers a mutation of an NFT somewhere else. So now it's you win a fight with a boss in, in this chapter of your game, and immediately your Twitter PFP, which is an NFT from this game, has a crown. You can do that with Layer Zero. It's so, so generative creatively. 
So then on the just general roadmap side, specific to NFTs, I and one of my colleagues are representing Layer Zero in the 6551 working group. So we are really deep in it with Tokenbound and the Polygon team. What we're building to enable 6551 cross-chain will be used by some really well-known, at least within our space, decentralized social products, and then also soon games as well. We're beginning to share this with the studios that have been integrating our protocol. Then our launch on Zora, which was around EatCC, was something I'm really excited about. They're a world-class team. They are the tastemakers. I'm seeing Tyson, their CTO, in a few hours, and we'll be talking about how we can recycle some of the fees that we generated. We didn't even know we were going to generate through an open mint that we did with them to celebrate our launch there and our partnership. Recycle that back into the ecosystem and let builders and creators use it. And then also we're super blessed to be backed by funds like Christie's. So Christie's, the very well-known auction house. Also OpenSea is one of our investors. Gaming studios like Come To Us and the massive conglomerate Animoca Brands is one of our massive backers. And they're all doing things that are innovative in the NFT space and, and really just consumer at large. So even though Layer Zero is, I think, best known for being integrated by DeFi protocols, games, and now enterprise. NFTs are certainly one of my passions as an artist and a writer, and I'm super keen to get this all out and hear your guys' feedback. Most definitely. And that is awesome. That is quite the lineup of amazing things on the way. And also just a testament to the hard work that you guys are doing and the integrations that people see that can be realized right now. Because usually when you talk about trying to do these types of integrations and, and making these things happen because of the technical debt and time that it typically takes to do these things, it makes people wary to want to move forward and do them. But because y'all are making it so seamless, people are excited to go and make these kinds of things happen. And and more and more opportunities are coming your way. And that's absolutely incredible. And I'm really excited to test a lot of that out. And I hope that everyone who's listening, you make sure you go spend some time and you go check out Layer Zero and have some other things as well. And we'll make sure to get some of that information on where they can go do that. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Before we wrap, we also want to talk a little bit about, since we have a little bit of time, a couple of hot topics where we like to talk about the latest things that are happening out in the world of Web3 and NFTs. And since you are such a big NFT person yourself, the topic I do want to bring up and kind of talk on a little bit 
is Cristiano Ronaldo and Binance launched the CR7 Forever Zone collection, which offered fans exclusive NFTs and experience to share Ronaldo's legacy. So the CR Forever Zone is giving the world an innovative and unique experience to engage and interact on with one of the greatest players of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. They're building on the success of the first two NFT collaborations where they did a couple of limited edition mystery boxes and a few other things as well. Cristiano said that he's always felt incredible energy and support from the fans and wanted to engage and share with them in ways that bring them closer together. So this is a really cool collaboration. One of the best footballers out there. A lot of people in the world love him. And I think it's cool to find sports athletes and all these other types of musician, artists, et cetera, to be able to, in a way, see it as like a collector's item, the same way you have like a trading card or you have a way to have like a unique experience with one of these people. I think this is a really cool type of collaboration. But when you hear stuff like this, what immediately like comes to your mind about this and potentially other ways that like more of these types of collaborations can happen. I love that collaboration. I didn't know about it. I'm a big Ronaldo fan. I grew up training very seriously as an athlete. And so when I see athletes want to engage with Web3 and do something experimental, it's really exciting. I think two immediate things come to mind. The first one is something I talk about a lot with my peers at JDC, which is the largest gaming developer conference. It's usually in the spring in San Francisco, which is that When you bring it on chain, you inherently introduce a lot of friction just because of the nature of blockchain technology. And so what you have to offer to the end users when you're building a consumer product that's on chain is something that is 10x more novel and 10x more useful, like 10x something, because you're already introducing 10x friction. Ideally, it's even more than 10x. And so rather than trying to retrofit Web3 products into what works in Web2, I really want to see people experiment with something that is net new. And there will be failures for sure. And we see some of those with consumer products that are so out of left field and get a lot of hate on Twitter. But I love that. I celebrate that. Try things that are different than any other way we engage with a product that isn't on-chain and create the story around it. I think fandoms are a great place to begin experimenting with that. The project that comes to mind is one that we're working with right now called Story Protocol. They recently announced their fundraising. I think their round was led by A16Z, who's one of our lead investors. And they're creating a platform that enables people to contribute to fan fiction, or this is one use case, just like how you contribute to a code base via GitHub with pull requests. So if you think about open source code, which is how things like our ERC721 and 1155 standards were created, it was people who asynchronously came in, saw a repo and just made changes to it, added comments, added a line of code, And the admins of that repo would accept or reject it. And what comes out of it is the collective genius, really, and the collective tension to around ideas. How can you now reward people for contributing to stories? I mean, there are some mainstream movies that were actually just fan fiction. Fifty Shades of Grey was fan fiction, for example. Twilight, I think, was fan fiction. And now you can do that on chain so you can track that contribution, reward it, Users can contribute from whichever chain they'd like. This is really the vision for Story Protocol. And I'm so, so excited about that. I think when I was a kid, I got a lot of my creative expression from running around barefoot outdoors and also like writing stories and creating newsletters. This is when I was like eight years old, nine years old. Today, kids are on iPads all the time. I would love to see a future in which they're contributing to creating like fiction, for example, or creating artwork together and being able to see and track their their contributions. So story protocols want to watch for sure. 
Yeah. And thank you for letting us know about that. I think that's really awesome. I think another just takeaway from this particular hot topic is that you still see people building out the NFT marketplace. And a lot of people like to say like, oh, our NFT is dead. Are people going to keep going into this direction? The answer is yes, it's here. It's not going anywhere. And people see the long-term play and the long-term value that these offer. I think too many people and companies that came in tried to come get the quick buck and tried to come and like ride a wave of interest without really building for what does the future impacts look like. But when you have people like Christian Otto and some of these other larger players in the game coming and making these types of collaborations, it's because they see something that's going to be long-term valuable. And so there's a lot of value in this space. And I think people are going to keep finding ways to interact and be a part of it. And clearly, even with what you're doing over at Layer Zero and, and Story, where others can participate and start to do these things and have a longer play with it, with being involved with the content that they're making, I think that's awesome and a really cool way to continue to be in this space. But Irene, you've done a lot of really great information that you've shared with us today. And I know that I'm excited to go check out more of the ONFTs and even looking at what you did with the gas station and other stuff. But where can people go and learn more about Layer Zero and all the other really cool things that are yet to come that you also share with us? The best place for updates on what we're launching and the teams that we're working with is really our Twitter. So it's at Layer Zero underscore labs. And then also layerzero.network is our website and you can reach our docs from there. You can also directly contact our team if you have an idea and you want to jam on it. I'm always accessible. You can DM me on Twitter at irenewu 27 I love hopping on calls and jamming on ideas. And that's the start of a new product that we launched together. Awesome. Well, everyone listening, make sure you go check that out. And Irene, thank you so much for your time today. We've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFT for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on the Starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all the much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us. Say something awesome. Then you can go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start the fun conversations with us online. And lastly, make sure you tune into the next episode for some more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing your time with us today. Hi, we love having listeners like you because you're not only generous, but you're smart and you want to maximize the impact of your generosity. Donating money to help people can be a wonderful and selfless act. But how can you feel confident that your donations are improving or saving lives effectively? You could do weeks of research to find the charities that are out there, programs that they run, how effective those programs are, and how the charity might use your money. Or you could visit GiveWell.org. There, you'll get a short vetted list of the best charities they've found at saving or improving lives per dollar. GiveWell spends over 20,000 hours each year researching charitable organizations and only recommends a few of the highest impact evidence back to charities they've found. Here's an example of how we at Edge of NFT make our charitable contributions go super far. Quick search on GiveWell's website, found their maximum impact fund, clicked donate, sent crypto to their address, done. Their maximum impact fund distributes quarterly to the charities that they believe will do the most good. GiveWell accepts a broad variety of popular tokens and provides a simple way to document your donation. If you've never donated to GiveWell's recommended charities before, you can have your donation matched up to $250 before the end of the year or as long as matching funds last. To claim your match, go to GiveWell.org and pick podcast and enter Edge of NFT at checkout. 
Make sure they know you heard about GiveWell from Edge of NFT to get your donation matched. We hope to see you next time. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of NFT reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. Our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. From time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of those links. Refer to our website, www.edgeofnft.com, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, and privacy policy. 